the Red Roses were made to work for it in France, but they have achieved yet another Grand Slam. So congratulations to them. For episode 14 of the Rugby Paper podcast, we welcome back England record breaker Rocky Clark and England captain Sarah Hunter to review the tournament and look ahead to the World Cup later this year. Last time we did an episode on the Red Roses, we had about 230 England caps between us on the call. I contributed zero. I'm still contributing zero. And now we've got about 270. Rocky, welcome back. And Sarah Hunter, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Not hungover after a big weekend celebrating? Um, Well, I went to a wedding as well after, um, uh, obviously, um, France, so... Probably not at my my freshest right now. <laughs> you're not sounding you're not sounding not sprightly. So respect for that. Was the wedding on the Sunday then? Uh, no, the Monday. So, uh, the bank holiday. Yeah, yeah, the Monday. So literally flew back and then got in the car, drove up to Newcastle. Well, north of Newcastle, and then yeah, went to like one of my friends' weddings. So that was a really cool way to like finish off the weekend. Yeah, oh, that's really nice. And obviously, a week doing absolutely nothing now. <laughs> yeah, Resetting. and I'm all, I'm also re- obviously in rehab, so with my ribs. So it's probably a. Uh, I might not have gone as hard if um, if I knew I was playing this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And what is the deal? So I know about the rib. What's the actual diagnosis of it? Uh, yeah, so I, I actually managed to fracture dislocate three ribs. Oh, it's um, three. Yeah, three. Rocky's um, Rocky's are about to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you can't play with uh, that. So yeah, um, but it's just nothing major. Just um, just time. So yeah, just in terms of it just has to heal itself. So I'm really fortunate, like in terms of it was really disappointing and obviously gutting when the yeah. doctor rang me to tell me that I was obviously going to miss the final game. But in the grand scheme of things, it's probably like maybe six weeks in total. So not bad at all in the in the bigger picture coming up to what's going to be in the autumn. So yeah. It's just a self-healer then, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good, good. Self-healing right, well, and painkillers. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a relief. And it, was it one of those where I guess you were in pain, hence the startings of getting it treated, but you're also thinking, okay, I could play? Absolutely. So I am... Um... The first thing, like, it was, it was really innocuous. It was just a ball carry into contact, like nothing. It wasn't, you know, sometimes you get absolutely smashed. You're like, oh, that really hurt. But it was just, it was just a tackle in there. And I was like, oh, that really hurts. And um, the first thing I said to Afizia when she came on, I was like, so can I play next week against Brian? <laughs> and I think, I think she just said yes to get me off the field, to be quite honest with you. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And then I asked several times and had several plans of how we would protect it and what we could do and yeah they just it, it wasn't it wasn't possible unfortunately so um so yeah they uh I was like I'll sign something if you want me to sign something to agree to it and like some of the pain I was in last week actually as much as I wouldn't want to admit it they probably were right well it was in a good enough state to lift the trophy yeah absolutely. which is the main thing I don't know how heavy those trophies are but maybe you were slightly worried about that that pushing movement whether you'd suddenly pop another rib or something I think like, you just have that adrenaline, don't you? Like, yeah, girls, exactly. The girls absolutely smashed it, you know. Um, I It was actually a lot less stressful watching than I thought it might be. But just in terms of how... I know at times it was tight, but I just think in the manner... And you, you sort of breed on their confidence and how they're feeling that actually when we got three tries, I was like, we're not going to concede three tries for for France to to snatch us from us so yeah so I think um I think that helped in in the process of the whole day and then like just absolutely buzzing that 
we'd won it, that the girls had like done amazingly well. So yeah, I think that was going through my head. I um Sunday morning, my ribs were really sore. I was like, you kind of just forget um and have a bit of disregard later on, don't you? In terms of like the running on, yeah, a few drinks, a few celebrations, <laughs> like jumping into the swimming pool when we got back to the hotel. I don't know if you've seen it go round, but um, yeah. I literally jumped in and I was then I was like um, Nemo or Finding Nemo. I was like, I can't swim. <laughs> With like one arm to get out If again. somebody rescue sent her, she's drowning. Yeah, <laughs> Guys was like, do you need a hand? I was like, yes, please. Oh, bless you. <laughs> That's a proper celebration though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a lot harder watching from the sidelines. If you, you know, you were under the cosh on Saturday and a question to both of you, Rocky, I'll come to you first. At 7-0, were either of you worried? Personally, no. I just I just thought uh, England would go back to their processes and that's something they're really good at. Obviously, they hadn't particularly been hugely tested over the, uh, over the tournament, so this was sort of uncharted territory. But knowing how primed, how drilled the team are and so many leaders on the pitch, I knew that they'd be OK because they, they're, they're another level at the moment and it's, it's so impressive to see. And Sarah, is that hitting the nail on the head in that you have the faith in your systems? Obviously, you could argue it was the driving mall. Three tries all from driving malls, essentially. Was it that you go back to basics, say, what do we do well? Because I'm quite relieved on your behalf that you had a moment where you were tested. If you'd gone on one 50-nil, 50-0, 50-0, you know, it doesn't really ask you that many questions, uh, as nice as that is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Rocky absolutely hit the nail on the head. You know, the, I think the reason they'd got into that position was because we hadn't done what we wanted to do. There was like some loose play, some ill-discipline, like things that just put us under pressure. And you, France are a very good side and you give them opportunities and they'll take them. But because it happened so early on, it was like almost a chance to just like reset, like Rock said. And we do talk a lot about process and people find that quite boring. But it's actually what's got us to where we are at the moment. And I think we keep saying to ourselves, like, let's not get bored of that. And that, I think, makes us ruthless and relentless to to allow that. So, again, with the people on the pitch, there wouldn't have been any panic. But I think you're absolutely right. We need moments like that to test us because when we go out to the World Cup and pressure comes on and in especially big games we, we need to know that we've we've had moments where we can handle that and I think certainly on um Saturday uh, that that was the case but you, you talk about the rolling mall and that the absolutely we got three tries from it and it's something that we've spent since um Lewis Deacon's come in like a lot of time of going but Rocky will know this that was that was one of our super strengths that was one of our weapons and over the, probably the last 18 months before since Deeks came in and we kind of lost that a little bit so we've really yeah. pride ourselves on that again but you have to have the kickers to be able to put us into the corners five meters out so a lot of people look to like the forwards and go out right, well they've done this but actually we're not gonna especially against a side like France we're not gonna drive them from 22 meters out so we need people to put us into that space and our kickers had our backs had some really good like kicking duels as well and in terms of getting territory and that sort of thing so whilst that's how they would score. There's a lot behind it that allows us to be able to do that. Now, I'm going to quote Natasha Hunt, and I want to make it very clear that it's not me saying this, but she says <laughs> you didn't actually play that well in the tournament. It's her feeling. Uh, and I suppose the translation of that is you've won the Grand Slam without re- ever really hitting top gear. Is that something you both agree with? Sarah, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I think um, I think the frustrating thing for us, we have such 
high standards of how we want to play. There's been elements within the tournament that we've seen glimpses of that. But I think for us, we want to be consistent in that. So you look, well, we might have had a first half performance against Scotland, for example, but then we'll go and um, play Wales where we have a second half performance and similarly against Ireland. So like, it's how do we now take all those moments where we, we play how we want to and we're clinical and we're error-free as we can be and make it into more of an 80-minute performance. You're never going to have an 80-minute performance, but how do we make what we're doing more consistent? And I think that was the frustrating thing, but equally the exciting thing to know that actually we've got a lot more to come. Rocky, do you think we saw anything close to the top gear that the Red Roses are capable of? Yeah, Sarah's already said there was there was definitely glimpses of yeah glimpses of it, and it was they're just like I talked about they're already another level, and and when they came up against it a few times against maybe Wales and and France, they um they showed their their ruthlessness and just were able to go back and got a foothold in the game with their malls and were able to destroy teams going in was it half time against Ireland was it ten 0 and then to to put on the cricket score that you did shows that they've got those halves and they just need to, as Sarah's already said, like string them together. But, you know, they can take huge confidence from New Zealand in the autumns and getting that sort of whitewash and the confidence they can get from going to France in front of massive crowd, being up against it and uh, be able to utilise that for future is, is going to be really exciting. And it's scary for world rugby because how good England can be. I'd be scared. I'd definitely be scared. And Rocky, what would you like to see from England now? A lot of the sort of discourses in terms of fine tuning. Simon Middleton started the tournament by saying he had enough for two starting 15s and two, you know, almost first choice 15s was the way he made it out to be, which is all, you know, that's fantastic. But finding your 15 is what several people are saying is the next step to be able to find that 80 minutes because you can then have faith in the players around you who are, you know, there's that familiarity. Um, that, and cohesion, which we speak about so much in potential World Cup winners. First of all, do you think Simon Middleton has his best 15 in his head right now? Or do you think that is the next step? I do think he's got an idea of it, but he's certainly open to to people who are in, in absolute form. There was an the element of rustiness, the girls going into the tournament in the, in the first game or two. And I think they need to just get used to playing with each other. And it's great that Simon's gone through so many players and, we, and we've seen a, a lot of combinations. But as you've already said, I think we need to now stick to these combinations, obviously make sure we've got the number twos ready to go and, and make sure they're getting some game time as well. But certainly now, personally, I'd be fine-tuning my, my combinations to make sure that we're absolutely firing. Keep improving the scrum. Obviously, the mall is an absolute weapon and um, just a little bit more on the defensive lineouts as well as a couple of times I feel that we needed to to get higher percentage on our, our return but certainly it's very very exciting and the potential we have with, our, with the kicking options we have like Helena Rowland, Zoe, Skaz, all of those just you know it makes you a really hard team to play if you're playing in the right areas. I'm going to put you on the spot here Rocky and you can just say no and I'll cut it out in the edit. I'm not going to ask you for your best 15, pick your best England front row can I have a few seconds to think about that? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll come back to you. i uh, got a question for Sarah, then Rocky, I'll come back to you. Sarah, on a personal level, and you probably knew I was going to ask you this, especially with Rocky on the call, you now, is it 135 you're on? Uh, no, I don't think it is. 134? Yeah, I think so. Okay. 
I, you're two or three games away. I can't, I, I'm not 100% sure either. Obviously, you are on track to beat Rocky's record. Is that something that is on your mind going into the World Cup in the next few months? Or is it just, just a number, bigger things at play? Yeah, I, uh, for, for me, it, it's not like, I mean, some people have started to talk about it, but for me personally, the France game's a prime example. Like, you don't know when you're going to play, when you're not going to play. And I think I obviously missed a big chunk around that COVID year with, with injury as well. And, and that made me realise, especially towards the tail end of your career, like, just to enjoy every opportunity you get. And if I play another two times for England and fall short of a, a number that's been amazingly set by Rocky and like what she's achieved and the absolute legend that she is of the game then I'm I'm comfortable I'm happy with that if I go past it again like that'll be an amazing honour but I just want to play for England and I want to be part of that team that go to New Zealand to to hopefully put our best foot forward to, to win that World Cup and whatever number I get I'll have had the most amazing career and it 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 won't it won't change that um and I feel very lucky to have had the career and and played alongside Rox and have her to to look up as is like a, a real role model and and then in the front row as well that is next nice. level like I'm just at the back like hanging on and she's like <laughs> literally putting her body on the line every time so so yeah what 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 will be will be and I like I say I've had the most amazing uh, main amazing career and it 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 won't it won't change that for for me I think it's a huge achievement to be talked in the same breath as someone like Rox. Absolutely Rocky anything to add to that? Uh, there's you know records are there to be broken and there's nobody I'd rather take the mantle from me so you know I wish Sarah all the best and and just hope she goes lifts that stroke with me and it I'm pretty confident she's going to pass me unless she gets injured. So, you know, I'll be one of the first there to buy her a beer to congratulate her to being the, the new most capped England player. Yeah, well, let's pray for not an injury. Another alternative is Sarah gets to 137, then magnanimously backs out. Yeah. <laughs> Call it yeah. on as even. Even if it's the World Cup semi-final, you back out for the final. Yeah. <laughs> Just a true mark of friendship. Um, okay, Rocky, have you got a front row for us? Well, this is a tough one. So obviously, you know, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it depends on the game and everything like that. Who you're playing, if you want a running game or if it's right on the fence, sir, Rocky. Yeah, scrummaging <laughs> game. You know, I, I have to say I've, I've um, packed down with both Lark and Amy Cocaine, but I'd probably go Vicky Cornborough, Amy Cocaine and Sarah Byrne. If I had to go start my World Cup final tomorrow, that's what I'd go for. Okay, there it is. Great. Thank you. Let's move on to sort of a bigger picture of the Six Nations. Now, it was a record-breaking Six Nations. England point of view, record number of points with, I think it's 282. Obviously, you guys are one win away from an unprecedented 24 in a row. Now, we've seen the game grow over the past 10 years. Now, this year was unprecedented in that all the games were watchable in all home nations. A sponsor like TikTok, record attendances for all the home nations. England, obviously, you guys have got your professional contracts, have had so since 2019. We've got Ireland, Wales starting to get professional contracts. Is this all emblematic of actually this growth now really accelerating in sort of an exponential way? I think so. There was the moment in Wales where, like when we played in our World Cup finals, um, Rocky and I, and like had some of the some of the best moments, and like there was you, you they were talking about like the numbers you get in and I remember running out at King's home and just taking a moment I was like yeah. wow like this is incredible like 
for a home game that's not related to a World Cup. You always get more people spot, um, follow and support in a World Cup. I was like a Six Nations game. That's not even it's a, a deciding game or anything like that. It's just our first home game. And I, I remember being like, it just took my breath away. I was like, I've never experienced anything like this. And I just thought like, that was a moment, like, and hearing the anthem, I was like, I, I remember my first cap at Old Albanians, and probably was about like 100, 200 people there. And they were probably like friends and family. Like there was probably no like rugby fan that come to watch it and to see where it had gone. I just think that this has just got to be the like the minimum, like now. Like, and I think we're in obviously in England, very different position to your Wales, your Ireland, your Scotland, but their fans that are supporting them and like the change, the unions have to change now. Like, yeah. If, if we really want to take the women's game to where it deserves to be, people have got to act, people have got to invest, people have got to go, this is our moment, this is our time to fully get behind it and buy into it, to, to just shift it. And I think if that happens, it's exciting to see where, where it can actually go. And just for the record, King's Home was 14 and a half, something like that, 14 and a half thousand, and then you broke it the next week at Welford Road, which I think was 15.8. Something like, yeah, yeah, something like that. I just felt if we had one more home game, I was like, I reckon it would have gone again. And I think the, the position now is like, well, where do they take us to play? Like, we're, yeah, probably, well, not a, we're probably not at a place where we're going to sell Twickenham out just yet. Not so, far off. But we're like, you're looking at a stadium of what, 20,000 is probably the next big market to get to. And then yeah. like, you go from there. But these are really good problems to have rather than go, we don't need that sort of size stadium. So, yeah, it's a good place to be in. And obviously with the professional contracts conundrum, this has this Six Nations, you know, it was very clear that you guys were the professional team with all the professional contracts in the sense that obviously the rugby you're producing on the pitch is one thing. And then you see, you know, you guys go back to the team hotel, then recover the next day. You travel down the day before. Meanwhile, I can't remember who it was, but you had Ireland's centre, was it? Or, or fullback, I can't remember who it was. Uh, going back to the NHS the next day and doing her doctor shift, which is an incredibly difficult lifestyle to juggle. There are two elements to this. One is on the pitch and one is off the pitch. Let's go to on the pitch first. Now, it sort of deprives the Six Nations of the competitive edge. Only once did England win by less than 50 points. Rocky is the next step to give the Six Nations more of a competitive edge between all home nations and have those real crunch fixtures, the all full professional teams. Yeah, and this is something I've been talking about on my social media lately. It's it's really important that every team goes professional. We've seen just how much, obviously, England have benefited from that. And to allow these girls the time to recover, to, to do their analysis, to practice their skills, to have the time they deserve to put everything into the sport. Because these like these girls are heroines. They're, they're giving absolutely everything, and then they're having to do a full shift. And to go back... To work the next day I thought just thought was absolutely ludicrous and and also it's not great management for the player welfare and to to make the Six Nations as competitive as possible they need to act now to get these contracts out to to let these players go professional training full-time would just make such a difference we've seen just the start of the Wales professionalism just starting to impact and, and they had some good results and um, fared well in certain parts against England. But but now we need to get all the others up to speed. Like Scotland are going to be really disappointed and we need to, to get behind them. So it's, it's up to us leading voices to help put the pressure on, to help get the unions to, uh, to, to help the players. 
And Sarah, it's not just practical issues. Obviously, both of you have experienced England life, both as a professional player and not. What sort of effect mentally does it have having that professional contract? I suppose you have security. And how does that affect your desire and passion that you can actually invest into rugby? I think it just takes the pressure off. Like, I, I, I don't think you realised how stressful it was when you were trying to hold down a full-time job and be a professional athlete without being paid, like to do all the training, to be an international athlete, to perform at the highest stage. Like, And then as soon as I got that contract, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't actually realise probably how stressed I was or how like little a time I had for, for me personally to like mentally recover from stuff. And I feel now, I feel probably the best I've been probably physically and mentally than I, than I was when I was about 10 years younger. And it, it's it's probably no coincidence that it's since becoming professional and you haven't yeah. got to worry about, like, I've got to do my job to get the money to pay the, my bills and to manage. Like, you have that security of going, this is my job. My job is to, yes, it's to go and do, like, my rugby-based stuff, but it's also time to, like, recover properly, to make sure you're in... Uh, a good place mentally to, to go and perform and not having that that stress of working a full-time job and trying to be a full-time international player without being paid. Let's hope for professional contracts as they are very much deserved for all six of the nations and worldwide. I mean, the thing is obviously ahead of the World Cup this year and a World Cup cycle is obviously four years. Rocky, do you see should professional contracts for Scotland be introduced now for example would that take effect by the world cup in some sort of positive way or do you think it really takes a year or two at the very least yeah obviously the longer the longer you're professional the better but it certainly would start to make some differences and we've seen how much potential scotland have just in their um in their world cup knockout games to to get into it so i think yeah it's it's massively important to give these these women the opportunity they deserve to be the professional athletes they are, but just with the monetary bonus of having that as well. Slightly more lighthearted note. I'm putting you both on the spot now. Uh, We did this when we reviewed the men's Six Nations on the Rugby Paper podcast. I want your player of the tournament and your moment of the tournament. Now it's Marley Packer and I think it's Sarah Byrne have been nominated from England. So you could just pick one of those. I'll give you a second, but if one of you's ready, then obviously far away. I'm going to go with Marley Packer. I think she's been phenomenal through this tournament and she's just got better with age. And I, I think since having a baby as well, she's um, she's really just taken to being such a leader just with how she talks, how she how she plays the game and to see her still fighting fit. Is she 32 now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So she is, she's in the prime of her life and it's just so exciting to see, like she's relentless, physical. You just, she's got that absolute dog to play with. And, you know, very lucky that she's, she's at Saracens, but very, very lucky that she's a red rose as well. And, and just, she has just been an absolute thorn to any team that she's played and certainly at Saracens, any time we're up against it, she's the girl that's going to come out with the ball and probably dive over the try line to help lift the, the spirit of the team. And as we know, she's got a couple of player of the match um, medals herself for the Six Nations. And she's just, yeah, scored loads of tries and got her team going. And for me, yeah, definitely player of the Six Nations. 
Sarah agree with that? Yeah, like, and I know it's probably you're like, oh, well, Rocky said it, like, I, I can't, but I'd say that. And probably everything that, that Rocky said, but the way for me she's driven training, like, the way she's, every session it's like she's played a game, like, she gives everything all the time. And I, I do think she's, since having sort of that leadership role at Saracen, she's certainly brought that to England, and that's what you need. You need people in tough moments and I know on Saturday she would have been the one like championing that when where we went behind and she plays exactly how you want a teammate to play like putting their body on the line for the team and I'm fortunate I get to play in the back row with her and just just love having her alongside in that sort of like little mini subunit and I think she she's she's absolutely shone this year I've got no doubt she'll go on to to be just the same in the World Cup as well. Well, the player of the tournament is announced on Friday, and I would say she is probably odds-on favourite. What's brilliant is obviously at 32, she's got four, five, maybe even six more years left, let's hope. And moment of the tournament? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, there's probably quite a few. Does it have to be about England? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, so mine was when a replacement prop um, Donna Rose came on in the first round and scored two tries in nine minutes for Wales. And I was just like jumping out my seat for her. And she's a friend as well. And just to see her okay. little face when she's borrowed yeah. over a couple of times and, and helped give her team the, the lift and raise that they'd, they wanted, uh, that has to be for me. Yeah, I've been really proud of her. Sarah? I think obviously naturally winning winning it was like was amazing but I think what for me was really special was and it's nothing to do for me was seeing Scars get her 100th cap at yeah. um, Welford Road you know like she's had a tough season in terms of her injury it was horrific and to, to come back and for, for it just to like align that she got to do that at her home rugby club you know where she was a childhood like season ticket holder I was just honestly it was just it was so special and then her dad dad presented her with a cap and I was just like for for me that was a a a really special moment away from the obvious stuff and I'm going to throw one more in the mix and this is a slightly more difficult one surprise of the tournament and maybe the angle here is maybe an England player who shone or broke through who you guys didn't necessarily see coming at the start of the tournament we'd had glimpses of Maud how how well she's been um playing through playing for wasps and she's an absolute little like cannonball playing and she's got so much potential and just to see her rise up and you know keep other world-class players out of the front row and and compete and do really well in the scrums and be an absolute nugget around the park she's um I think she's cemented herself a, a spot on that plane she's been great Awesome. Sarah? Uh, for me, it was probably Rosie Galligan. So obviously we had a few injuries with um with second rows at the start of the at the start of the campaign with, with Zoe Allcroft and obviously Kath O'Donnell still being out and Moana Tallinn. So um she got called into training camp and obviously like stood out, got an opportunity to play in that first game and never looked back. And I think again, going back to Rocky's point about Simon knowing his um his starting team, but picking people on form, like he certainly does that. And and Rosie's a an absolute like example of that, you know, someone was playing well and has played well in each of the games she's either started or come off the bench on. So I think she was um, probably the fine for England in terms of a second row spot. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Right. She was she was brilliant, and and uh, I've seen her at Sarries, and she has just this season has just exploded onto the scene, and she was one of the standout players in the in that first game. And I thought, wow, we've got some real potential here. And as she said, every game she's performed. So yeah, she's another one that would definitely. Uh, putting her hand up to go well apologies for not forewarning about uh you guys about that but thank you for answering that now sarah hunter it is time for your random rugby 15 so (laughs) it's 15 questions as quick or as slow far as as you like ideally the former uh just makes better listening questions so (laughs) up up to you um and yeah when you're ready if that's okay we'll get going yeah absolutely nickname sunter best rugby memory uh winning the world cup in 2014 most embarrassing rugby memory Oh my god! Um, I'm getting embarrassed by it now. Uh, 2017 um, World Cup. I was in a mall, and I was like the person that was attached to the front of the mall and to the person at the ball, so I couldn't like separate. And Marnie Packer pulled my shorts down, and Tamara Taylor was pulling my top up. So I was just literally oh, wow. in the mall with my underwear on full show. Which was, and I was like, I can't do anything about it. I'm just gonna have to keep going. <laughs> we did score the try, which made it a lot better. But I was like, oh my god, on national TV, I've literally all I've had is my sport, sports bra and pants out. It was yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. When you said more, I thought it was going to be one of those where you've dived on the five meter line instead of the try line. No, no. I didn't have the ball. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's certainly original. God, I can't say I've yeah. seen that clip. I'm guessing yeah. you're not going around showing it to people no, voluntarily. No, no. <laughs> pre-game tune chase and status i feel alive or alive something like that alive. okay post-game meal if i could choose i'd have pizza but we don't often have that <laughs> we, do, okay. we do have like you we'll don't have, get to like, choose no well um if i'm at club i'll have pizza okay um, if we're in like england we normally have something like burger and chips or sausage and chips That's something like that bad, it's kind it? of it's a cheap meal still which is quite yeah nice. yeah yeah, yeah. Emily Scarrett said she wasn't she didn't usually get hungry after games. I don't know whether that's true, but she said a salad, which I think is the worst answer uh, we've had to that question. Oh, yeah, oh exactly. my god, she's definitely lying about that. <laughs> Best player you've played against. Ooh, that is tricky. I'm gonna go Safi and Diai. Like okay. it's a thorn for France and just incredibly difficult to put down. And then when she hits you, you know you've been hit. Best player you've played with? Uh, Emily Scarrett. Favourite player right now? I obviously didn't read these questions and full, did I? <laughs> I was so That's confident. Okay. I was like, going to be like, Yeah, let's go for it. Bang, bang, bang. I know bang. it's often. These are the most difficult. There's one more really difficult one. They get easier other than that after this. Um, Natasha Hunt. And the reason being, I obviously love all my teammates, but she obviously had time away from England. Yeah, um, and I like miss playing with her so much. So to have her back in the in the yeah. England squad for the Six Nations has been absolutely amazing. Rugby idol, uh, Richard Hill. Okay, that was that was very speedy. Yeah, Fa- favorite stadium. This is going to be boring, but I'm going to go Twickenham. Yeah, like, I thinking about it, like it's it's just such a special place to play at the home of English rugby. What's the biggest capacity you've played at for Twickenham? Just out of curiosity. It's really difficult to say because, like, we run out and you start a yeah. game about 70,000 people in, and then you like, and then it kind of dwindles. And I reckon they've said, I think about 15,000 may have got in there, but okay, it's 
I mean, I feel like it's a guess that they're saying they're like, oh, well, just pluck a number out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's always a bit of a lie, isn't yeah. it? Favorite gym exercise? Do you know, chins like pull-ups, like really okay, yeah, interesting. I'm rubbish at most exercises in the gym, but for some reason, I'm actually all right at like chins. Interesting. Okay, that's yeah. surprising. You always feel very empowered when you're doing chin-ups don't you yeah because but yeah and, and that's probably why I like it because I feel like some people find it difficult and I'm rubbish at bench and squatting and people <laughs> like like absolutely smash that and then they come to do a chin-up and they can't I'm like oh just pull myself <laughs> up <here." laughs> so it's quite a nice feeling yeah. occupation if rugby didn't exist oh uh, what the game because I was I did my previous job was in rugby development no it doesn't count oh, okay right sorry <laughs> I don't know. I think um, I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be a dentist, which was really weird. <laughs> no, like, why would you want to look in people's mouths? Yeah. Um, so I don't like, know. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Or, not, not what I would have expected. Or if I, it, like, if I could, you know, um, like, people, like, do tasting of chocolate and stuff like that. That would be, like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't have the necessary dental qualification. Oh God, no! But I like, when I've grown so. up, you're only thinking about what you're gonna do. Yeah, going down. I don't think dentists it, particularly common in as a child yeah. thinking. Okay, interesting. But that's why I think I was a bit weird like that. I loved going to the dentist. Okay, that's really weird. Really weird as a kid. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't wait to go to the dentist. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse now. Looking at yeah, I'm a bit squeamish. So. Superstitions. Huh. I'm not sure you've got time for all of my superstitions. Really? Okay. Um, and they mean nothing because I've still broke my ribs. So <laughs> they that's true. <laughs> um, but you don't change few... them even if shit goes wrong. No, because I'm like, oh, what if something worse goes wrong? Okay, nice. Okay, so this is this is the best possible thing that can happen is breaking a rib. Yeah. So I'll pa- always pack my bags the night before, and okay. my shirt will be the last thing that goes in. So then. When I get to the ground, the shirt's the first thing I see. So I can't not have that like that. I have a little, like, it used to be like this voodoo warrior that's meant to, like, protect you, like, key ring. Okay. Literally goes on my training bag. And then on match day, it'll go on my match day bag. And once I forgot it and someone had to bring it out to the, the, um, I think we were out in France or someone. I had to get someone who was coming out anyway to go to my house to get this key ring to bring out for me, like genuinely. Oh my God. Um, and then a- about three hours before kickoff, I'll have a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Okay. Which is to be fair is logical because that's actually quite a good yeah. pregame meal. Yeah. But to the fact that like, I'll take my own like jam and peanut butter now when we travel just in case the where we're going doesn't have it so like in italy we they didn't have any peanut butter um God, so, okay. so like literally but then quite a lot of people now have it so i was like sharing it yeah now. i played the team supplier of peanut butter are you crunchy peanut butter or smooth crunchy because it gives a bit of texture but a protein as well yeah uh, okay rugby <laughs> god <laughs> rugby rule you would change so it's maybe not a necessarily a rule, but you know, scrums. I wouldn't have ball and play time on until the ball is literally played away. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, time's off because there's so many resets, and especially if you're in point of a game, like teams can kind of slow down the game. And I think where we are with England, we want a fast game, so I'd have it off, and then time starts when the ball's out. 
Okay, interesting. So we had referee Craig Maxwell Keys on a couple of weeks ago, and Gavin Hastings had said exactly the same thing as you've just said, and I put the rule to him. And he was really against that idea just because then the scrums would take absolutely forever. Uh, okay. As, or you then have a time where it's got to be, the scrum has to be done Yeah, which I, this time. So like 30 seconds, done. If it's not, whatever the offence is, whoever's like messing around, free yeah. against or something like that. Yeah, something, exactly. Something just to speed up that element of the game. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, that would work. Best thing about working in rugby? The people that you meet. Yeah, I, it's the, I've got some of like my best friends through rugby and I've met some of the coolest people through rugby. Yeah, that's a nice, easy one to finish, yeah. isn't it? OK, yeah. good. All right. Well, that was a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely the most eclectic set of answers we've had. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you for that. Right. We've reviewed the tournament. The elephant in the room is the World Cup later this year. Now, both of you are World Cup winners. Back in 2014, I'm surprised to not see either of you wearing your medal. That's very disappointing. When it comes to World Cup winners, one thing that's spoken about so much, especially with South Africa in the men's game, for example, we had David Flatman on. He was saying that, you know, what they had, even if they weren't necessarily 1-15, to the best, best team in the world, they had a clear identity and a clear brand. Now, Sarah, since 2017... Obviously, you guys came up short against the Black Ferns in the final. How has Simon Middleton changed his vision of what he wants the brand of the Red Roses to be? I think it's in terms of how he wants us to play the game um, and our physicality in terms of and the intensity we want to play at. So Alex Martin, our strength and conditioning coach, came in and almost changed the way we, we train, like in terms of having very clear outcomes of what we do on each each session and whether it's like a like a install learning day whether it's a fast speed day and everything's done like at a high tempo quickly um or whether it's like a, a physical like high intensity day and I think um how we then implement that in in the game as long as side having identity and in, in what we're doing in certain areas of 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 the um of the pitch so i think that has probably in the last 18 months been the real shift in in what this um red roses team is about and flashback to 20 this time in 2017 and this time in 2014 rocky now 2017 was a grand slam so echoes 2022 in that respect 2014 you finished up second to france in the six nations now Rocky, England are going in as favourites. Can you call upon any differences or similarities? Or, you know, do you think the Red Rose are in a better place now than they were in either of those two World Cup years? Yeah, I think you have to look at the um, the, the recent record that they're on, what, 23 in a row? Yeah, that kind of that numbers do the talking, yeah. <clears throat> they're certainly going into it as clear favourites and the teams that you'd expect to, to give them the biggest challenge, they've obviously beaten convincingly New Zealand and a slightly closer game against France, but they played away in France, as we said, in front of a huge crowd and were able to come back from being down. I, I certainly think they're going in confident, but they just need to make sure when the pressure comes that they have got, they've got all the tools to be able to deal with upsets that might happen, stuff they're not used to and be able to, as we spoke about earlier, sticking to process is, is really important and they're so drilled and, and good with a, with a driven maul is an absolute 
pinch point for England to be able to make sure that they get two or three tries a game, which I think they have done for nearly every game they've played in recently, to to be able to function and and let their backs play as well with some, the speedsters we got in the back three. You know, it'd be criminal not to give them the ball. But in obviously the tougher fixtures, we know that that people have marked them out and and we've relied on the physicality of our forwards, but the clever play as well. You got. Players like Marley, like um, Poppy, just lovely little soft hands to play players out the back to to change the point of attack and to be able to have those different layers of attack is is very different to how uh, we went in, say, in 2014. We had new phases and structure, which we weren't particularly used to when we went in, and, and I think that helped have the right people in the right places. But and now England have layered upon that those those different structures, and and it's certainly you know, so telling that you've got your big physical carries to break down the wall and then you've got the players to play little balls out the back and then you give it to the likes of Skaz who's pinpoint accuracy with her pass just you know, puts puts away the Lydia's etc to fly down the wing. You've got like the perfect team, just got to make sure that we turn up for every game and don't knock off. Sarah, does the favourites tag, is that daunting? Does that scare you a little bit? No, because I, um, I think more pressure comes from within ourselves in terms of what we want to do and like I guess you're going in tournaments people label people favorites people label people underdog all sorts of things so it's kind of you got to try and like just park it and put it to one side and just like Rock said like just focus on what we're about and what we want to do and not let all this outside noise infiltrate in and and I think like our biggest lesson probably from 2017 is obviously we won the Grand Slam we went and beat New Zealand down in New Zealand like a few months beforehand and it's like it kind of doesn't matter what your form has been like prior to the tournament it's all about when you get there how you're playing how you stay on track how you don't let things distract you and about like we've got an incredible squad so it's about making that function when it really matters because otherwise it's a long wait to have another crack at it. I think that's a very good way of looking at it and speaking of because obviously no one's counting out New Zealand um, or if you are after what happened in the autumn you know you're blind they've been in the headlines quite a lot lately now there are two sides to it one is a coaching reshuffle Glenmore has resigned Wayne Smith was brought in initially as an assistant coach he's now director of rugby they brought in Sir Graham Henry on a part-time basis scrum doctor Mike Cron it's a lot of change now obviously Wayne knows a thing or two about winning World Cups. He's done it twice with the All Blacks. You can't rule out New Zealand. You never can. But Rocky, aside from all the social aspects of this change, is all this change also them admitting that they are several gears behind England and they need to really sort of get their act together? Yeah, it's going to be it's really tough for New Zealand to come over um, and, you know, be be whitewashed by England. And it wasn't close games, was it? No. It was... It was very, very convincing. So they, they've seen how far ahead England are. Obviously, they were on the back of sort of COVID restrictions and, and hadn't played for a long time. So that would have had a, a bearing on it too. But they've brought the big guns in because they're, they're worried. And and I think rightly so. And, you know, hopefully these uh, these guys will, will make the difference. But is it is it too late? I don't know. We certainly want a really competitive um World Cup, so whatever they can do to strengthen themselves, then fair play to them. Sarah, does that kind of change make waves in camp? Does that change the way you approach a potential New Zealand game? No, obviously, um, 
people are interested in who's coming in what like what coaches are doing what does it give you an insight into how they might like change their game and how they play but other than that like again we, we just can't focus too much on them like because then that you start thinking more about that and what they might be doing than focusing on on your on yourself so yeah they've had had a change up but like you say, people are very naive if they think that's New Zealand dead and buried. To they're at, they're at home for a World Cup. They're a different animal. Like teams can can certainly change and improve over that time. And it might be this new coaching structure just exactly what that group of people need. So yeah, they, we're definitely expecting a, a very different New Zealand side. And and then I feel like you can't underestimate the other sides that are like you've got the Pacific Four competition coming up. So like that'll give Canada and America a really good game up game time as well so it certainly hopefully like Rocky says will make for a really competitive tournament because that, that's what we want like whether we're playing in it or whether we're watching it we want to see a really high spectacle um yeah like tournament yeah teams to bring their best okay and one more rugby related question on a personal level have you thought about after the world cup no not yet <laughs> I think I just want to get to it um yeah no like haven't really given it too much thought um just want to put my best foot forward to, to to get to the world cup and to make it in the squad and and to go down there and and yeah see whether we can we can actually um do what we we've set out to do and then i guess whatever happens you'll reflect on it and that will probably like lend itself to to what happens um what happens next with that, we obviously then come back in the middle of the season. So, yeah, there's a, a lot to think about it. But, um, yeah, and having given it given it too much thought just yet, we'll, um, we'll probably cross that bridge to it. I'm, I'm very much a person of putting things off till, like, last minute anyway. <laughs> so, I'll, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully get to the World Cup. We'll come home and we'll assess where we're at and what the next steps may be from, from them. I suppose relative to where you are 18 months ago or where you were 18 months ago, you had an injury layoff of over a year. Everything is a bonus now. What was it? It was a nerve in your neck? Yeah, nerve in my neck. Um, That's where I get squeamish. Impacting like the function in my hand. So yeah, when it comes to things like that, I just like, I want to try and enjoy the process that I'm on. and, And yeah, like I said earlier, like every game for me is really important to enjoy and to make sure I like stay present in the moment like I don't want to get back and go right oh if only I'd spent a bit more time like thinking about the here and now rather than what I'm going to do next and there's certainly a lot of time after the World Cup to to think about what what that is and where's next to to go and things like that so yeah definitely definitely not giving it uh, too much thought at all yet it's certainly evident on a rugby pitch as well like you are just smiling the entire time. You don't have much of a game face, do you? No, no. Most people yeah. during the national anthem, they're like gearing themselves up. You're just grinning and looking about saying, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. I just try to take it in to be like, this is amazing. I'm stood yeah. like, representing my country. It's what I've dreamed of. And it's never, it's never got old. And it, it, I've never become like, oh, let's just get on with the game. I'm like so proud to be stood there singing a national anthem about to go and represent my country and and you've got to enjoy it because I think if you you don't enjoy it then well, well what's the point of doing it um so yeah like I just try and enjoy every every moment uh along the way and yeah there's uh there's certainly sometimes that I do uh maybe the game phase does come out but it's not very often <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I just think your game face is a smile, each to their own. <laughs> and I know you probably, well, maybe I know the answer to this question. Post rugby, have you thought about that? And well, Rocky, obviously, personal training, coaching, etc. Is there a path? Is that a path for you potentially staying in rugby? Oh, I'd love to stay in rugby. I think rugby's been such a huge part of my life that um, I think I'd be lost without it. It's probably why I'm yeah. still going now is that I'm not sure what to do next. But um, I obviously do like some coaching at, at Loughborough yeah. at the minute. And I, I do actually really enjoy that. So I think it will be maybe that for when I finish, that might be something I, I go in to start with. I feel like uh, as a player, you spend so much time like developing and investing in yourself to become a better player that obviously being a player coach like you don't have the time to do that from the coaching side of things because your focus and priority is still is still playing so I think I'd like to spend time to see whether I can like become a better coach and then who knows where where that might take me I I might not be very good but um I'd, I'd like to to see because I I love being in the in this sport and I couldn't see not being in it whatever that looks like I might go on to a completely different career but I'd definitely still be down a local rugby club and doing yeah. something there anyway and I guess you've got the support system of Rocky if you want you know she yeah. exactly her career wouldn't be so bad for you after rugby would it no not at all now Rocky I know you need to go final question for you six months from now you're sitting you're on your what bike you're red in the face you're reflecting on the world cup are the red roses champions Yes. In, a, in a word yes they are yes okay. they are yeah to be fair if you sure. said if you said no that might be friendship over with Sarah <laughs> <laughs> yeah she'd cut me loose wouldn't she yeah, no, absolutely. No. she she would definitely be taking the cat record off you then yeah she <laughs> would indeed even no. with an injury <laughs> okay yeah. Rocky I'll let you go thank you so much for being with us uh good no luck worries. with sevens later today isn't it not playing coaching but yes like um, coaching coaching yeah. the art of the sidestep acceleration all that exactly sort of Run, head down straight into them yeah <laughs> awesome all right thanks rocky sarah i haven't actually said congratulations but congratulations oh, well, should you. be again um good luck with the rib six weeks time you'll be hopefully back at full fitness and hopefully in six months time there will be another world cup winners medal you can hang up in wherever you are it's like a your living room yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much, Sarah. Uh, thanks very much. Okay, see you later, Sunday. Good see to see you. Later, Good to see Bye, you. guys. Bye. Bye. Pick up a copy of the Rugby Paper in stores on Sundays or via a digital subscription, have it delivered straight to your door. Next week, we turn our attention to Bristol Bears, welcoming on loose head prop Jake Walmore.